and it's Monday. That can only mean two things. Thing the first. I just downed an entire pot of coffee. It is the secret to my ludicrous and unhinged success. You know, some people look at the world and they say, why? Other people look at the world and they say, why not? I look at the world and say, can we stop looking at the world? It's boring. It's never done nothing for nobody. I know we're all anxious to get to the weather to see if it's raining in Montana today. But first, a very important correction. Waking up with Danny, we get it wrong. And when that happens, we're happy to say so. Last week, we referenced the date as January 6th. Some of our very passionate and fervent users wrote and uh, approached me face to face, which frankly was a little unnerving, to let me know the date was wrong. So consider this the official correction. Last week was January 5th. The 5th, not the 6th. And now on to the weather. Forecast, are you ready? 
Storm Gorgon raced across the country at near freeway speeds, bringing a swath of snow to more than 2,000 miles long from Washington State to New Jersey in barely 48 hours. This fast-moving system prompted winter storm warnings and advisories for parts of 22 states from Washington all the way to New Jersey, as well as the District of Columbia. Alerts remain in effect for parts of only four states in the east. Bands of snow snarled the morning commute in the Washington, D.C. and Baltimore metro areas. As of 10 a.m. Eastern, a couple days ago, four inches of snow blanketed the U.S. Capitol grounds, the first one-inch-plus snow of the season there. Cairo, Virginia, about a two-hour drive west of the nation's capital, picked up six inches of snow. Meanwhile, Oakland in western Maryland measured eight inches of snow. It's 45 degrees in Seattle, 22 in Denver, 36 over in New York, New York, 37 in Washington, D.C., 39 in Atlanta, 56 over in L.A., and 49 San Francisco, down in Miami, Florida, 75, San Antonio, Texas, 40 in Billings, 6 degrees. Let's not forget Chicago, 23 degrees. It's chilly, very chilly. Right now, currently, there's a nasty-looking low-pressure system in the Atlanta southeast, which is bringing rain because it's not cold enough for snow. It's a nasty, non-wintry mix. And you know, I, for one, am not a fan. I say if it's January and it's going to be precipitating, I'd prefer some snow, but seems like all we can get down here in the southeast lately is rain, wet and rain, cold and rain, or dry and cold. I don't like that either. Not a fan. I say, and I've always said this, if it's going to be cold, it might as well be snowing. You know where it is snowing right now? Denver, Colorado. Yeah, they got a little bit of a low pressure system themselves, but they have the temperature to bring that snowy weather. So, Denver, Colorado and the surrounding area, getting some snow this morning. Time for the quack. Huh. Really? It seems a little early on in the show for the quote of the day, but okay. A ship is safe in a harbor, but then again, that's not what ships are for. Not sure who said that, but it is a pretty cool quote. And the word of the day comes courtesy of my friend Stephen Salus, and it is apropos for this specific radio program, matatunal, of or occurring in the morning. It's an adjective. And that's what it means. Mid-16th century from the late Latin, matatuninalis, matatunal. As far as usage goes, really peaked out right around the 1890s. People could not stop saying that word. Starting to get annoying. But people moved on as they do. Headlines and things. It's time for the news. What does it all mean? Headlines around the world. It's time for the Iraq may need three years to rebuild and restructure its military, Prime Minister Haider al-Abadi said on Sunday, as the country battles Islamic State militants who pose the biggest threat to its security since the fall of Saddam Hussein in 2003. And Andrew Luck in the Indianapolis Colts derailed Denver's bid for the Super Bowl redemption, ousting the Broncos from the NFL playoffs 24-13. The Broncos were humbled 43-8 by the Seattle Seahawks in last season's Super Bowl. And two people were trampled to death by a camel 
in Texas. A male camel in a rut trampled two people to death at the Camel Kisses Farm. <laughs> Sorry, in North Texas, KFDX television station reported on Sunday. A man had entered a pen holding a male and two female camels at the farm near Wichita Falls on Sunday. The male then charged the man named as Mark Meir, 53 years old. The farm's owner, uh, Peggy McNair, 72, tried to close the gate to the pen, but was also stomped. And as usual, justice was swift and unmerciful against this innocent animal as it was put to death by uh, authorities. And on a lighter note, this weekend was the No Pants Subway Ride in Berlin, January. The No Pants Subway Ride is an annual event that has become a global celebration of bare thighs. The celebration of silliness is designed to make other tube riders, ooh, I like the sound of that, smile. And you're not going to want to miss the photo I just tweeted of this story over on at UpWithDanny. Tweet to me your favorite pantsless photo, and we can have our own, quote, pantsless subway ride, end quote. The stock market, the Dow, in Texas. Money that money's and matters. Money's and matters and money's and matters and money's and matters. While stock investors wait for the benefits of cheaper oil to seep into the economy, all they can see lately is downside. Forecasts for the first quarter profits in the Standards & Poor's 500 index have fallen by 6.4 percentage points from three months ago, the biggest decrease since 2009, according to more than 6,000 analyst estimates compiled by Bloomberg. Reductions spread across 9 of 10 industry groups and energy companies saw the biggest cut. Earnings pessimism is growing just as the best three-year rally since technology boom pushed valuations in the equity to the highest level since 2010. At the same time, volatility has surged in the American stock market as oil's 55% drop since June to below $49 a barrel raises speculation that companies will cancel investment and credit markets and banks will suffer from debt defaults. Debt defaults. Down a related note, gasoline prices dropped below $2 per gallon in the Portland metro areas, despite that the state still has higher than normal average of $2.34 per gallon. You can find several places with sub $2 prices. Monday is a record 107th consecutive day prices have fallen. Today in history, a lot of things have happened. Maybe a man flew to the moon Maybe a baby was saved by a baboon We'll get to the bottom of this And much, much more On Today in History I'm waking up with Danny 
major earthquake kills 5,092 people in Kobe, Japan. Also that same year, murder trial against O.J. Simpson began in Los Angeles. 1970, a Boeing 747 makes its maiden voyage. In 1906, it's the first time the Dow Jones closed above 100 points. And in 1816, France decrees Bonaparte family excluded from the country forever. Some birthdays, 1970, Zach De La Rocha was born. In 1954, Howard Stern was born. Happy birthday, Howard Stern. In 1951, Rush Limbaugh was born. Hasn't died yet, unfortunately. Then 1856, John Singer Sargent was born. And in 1737, John Hancock. Now let's learn something, shall we? And you know you gotta learn something today. People who dream of beating the lottery have puzzled over the amazing case of Joan Ginther, who made headlines around the world for scratching off the $10 million winner on a $50 instant ticket to win her fourth multi-million dollar prize. Skeptics wondered, as they do, if she cheated or had an ingenious system for pinpointing winners. After all, Ginther received a PhD from Stanford and has lived for years in Las Vegas. News reports at the time, citing mathematicians, fueled the fire. They put Ginther's chances of four such wins at one in 18 septillion. Remarkably, all four of her winners were purchased in or near her tiny hometown of Bishop, Texas. The mystery has only deepened since then because Ginther, now 67, has steadfastly refused to grant interviews, and the Texas Lottery has never investigated insisting they never even asked Ginther how she won. But finally, hold on to your hats, folks. Answers have been found. A series of discoveries based on painstaking analysis by Philly.com of newly obtained Texas lottery records with the help of experts has led to a surprising conclusion. Basic gambling principles. Like card counting in Jack Black, or Blackjack, whichever game you prefer, Money management in poker and timing in progressive slots may have inspired Joan Ginther to buy a flabbergasting number of $20 to $50 tickets, perhaps $80,000 worth, $2.5 million or more. The numbers go up even higher, up to $3.3 million, with the discovery that Ginther may have been working with a friend. As preposterous as those estimates sound, they're not unthinkable. If one ticket takes 90 seconds to scratch, 
That's 40 tickets in an hour, making it feasible to knock off a thousand in a week, tens of thousands in a year. Indeed, Times Market and Bishop sold $469,000 worth of tickets, by far the most in all of Texas, just for a game with $50 tickets called $140 million Extreme Payout, the scratch-off that won Ginther $10 million in 2010. Then that's gonna do it, folks. Nothing left but to celebrate. Let's dance it out as we end the episode. Waking up with Danny, and I hope you join me next week. Same time, same place. Waking up with Danny. Coming to you live from this recording. Thank <laughs> you.